The Pulse of Portland, a public affairs program of KKPZ with Paul Van Sickle. Thank you for listening to KKPZ 1330 The Truth. I'm Paul Van Sickle, and this is The Pulse of Portland. And would it surprise you to find out that Oregon actually stayed under budget over the last two years? And because of Oregon's constitution, uh, we may be entitled to a refund as taxpayers. Uh, There's a couple other issues that are hinging around that fact. And to join us to give us a little bit more insight into what is going on with uh, what they're calling what they call the kicker. Uh, we have Steve Buckstein from the Cascade Policy Institute joining us once again this morning. The Cascade Policy Institute is a nonprofit, nonpartisan public policy research and educational organization focusing here on state and local issues in Oregon. And Steve has written an article that you can find at CascadePolicy.org called Don't Steal the kicker. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be with you, Paul. And before we get into who's stealing the kicker, <laughs> let's talk about what it actually is and um, yeah, our surprise that it actually could be happening again. Sure. Um, the kicker is a unique Oregon law. No other state has it. And we can debate whether it's good or bad, but it is in the Oregon Constitution. Voters put it in the Oregon Constitution a number of years ago. And what it says Um, simply is that every two-year cycle, uh, what's called the biennium of state government, uh, the state economists give an estimate of what the revenue is going to be for that two-year period, how much money they believe uh, the state of Oregon will take in in taxes and fees uh, in the general fund. And if the actual revenue in that fund over that two-year period exceeds the forecast by 2% or more, then the entire extra amount of money above the forecast has to be refunded to taxpayers. It's been done different ways, but in, uh, currently, if there's a, there's a refund, if, there's, if the kicker kicks, as they describe it, then next year when you file your state tax return, uh, the current estimate is that on average you would pay $284 less in state income tax than you would have paid otherwise. That's, that's the kicker. And that's being generated because it looks now like the state will collect about $473 million more than projected. And that's your money. Every, every Oregonian who pays personal income taxes, that's their money. And they should get it back according to the Constitution in the form of this kicker. And, again, that's, that's a, when people are drowning at states around us <laughs> and multiple times uh, more than what were over projected they are now under budget one that that's a feat in it in and of itself um and 284 dollars per person that i mean that's that's a significant chunk of uh of change coming back to us it is it works out um to about 6.7 percent of what your uh, state income tax uh, bill would be uh, this next year, what you would owe for 2015, basically, that you would pay in 2016. So it's a lot of money. Uh, again, right now estimated at $473 million. And even though the state legislature built a budget around just getting the, the, the forecast, there are legislators who say, gee, we, we could spend that $473 million extra dollars better than you could, the taxpayers. So they're, they're looking for a way to, as I euphemistically call it, steal the kicker. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, State Representative Tobias Reed from Beaverton, one of those who's uh, introduced the House bill that would really suspend the kicker, and and what does he kind of want to do with that money instead? 
Well, the, the 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 Constitution says that in a in effect in an emergency, if two thirds of the Senate and House vote to keep the kicker in a given year, they can keep it. Uh, they have to state what it's for. And so Tobias Reed has introduced a bill, House Bill 3555, that would say basically if two-thirds of the House and Senate uh, pass it, half the money would go to schools, primarily uh, K-12 through and some higher education, and the other half would go into the state's rainy day fund, in other words, a, a savings account. So that's what he says he wants the money for. Uh, luckily, from my standpoint, um, the the party that primarily wants to keep the kicker, the Democrats, don't have two-thirds votes in either house. They would have to um, induce a number of Republicans to join them, and that doesn't look likely, but they're they're trying. So it's in the, in the state constitution that uh, the taxpayers are supposed to be refunded this money, but they can, with a two-thirds of majority, legislators can override that basically yes uh, on a single time a single time like the, the, this okay. next year they could override it um they could they could do that any individual time they can't override it permanently without changing the constitution and then i know on the on the other side i talked to a state representative um a, a republican who had talked about they were going to be trying to introduce a bill that would um not suspend the kicker but actually speed it up and actually try to get a you know check refund back to the Oregon taxpayers this year as kind of a stimulus as opposed to the um waiting for the tax credit next year as well right and that that um you know, they might. Tr- the Republicans may try that. It's almost certainly not going to happen because, again, the Democrats don't want it to happen. They not only don't they want you to get a check back this year, they don't want you to get a, a savings on your tax uh, bill next year. They think that they. C- in fact, uh, Representative Reed, in his in his media release when he introduced this bill, said that this stealing the kicker, as I call it, he calls it uh, um, putting it to better use. He said this gives us an opportunity to invest in the things that reflect our values as Oregonians. And my comment in my in my commentary is that apparently our values, as he calls them, don't include letting people keep as much of their own money as possible to spend on the things that they think will benefit their own families. Yeah. He thinks he knows how to spend the money better than the people who earned it, uh, is the bottom line. Yeah, well, and it is one of those things uh, for me where, you know, with the two-thirds override, not that we'd be able to get voters in on an agreement either, but but to me, that that... That just seems flawed. And if uh, you know the voters wanted to put money back in, or hey, if you want to, if you want to sign sign away or don't claim it and say it wants to go to a certain fund, then then individually speaking, you know, go ahead, don't claim your money. Yeah, that 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 would be a, a, an interesting alternative. Uh, let people choose where that money goes. Of course, they're free with the, if if they owe two hundred eighty four dollars less, um, they're free to write a check to the you know, to the state treasurer. Sure. Uh, you can do that right now. You don't have to wait for the <laughs> kicker. Uh, if you think the government can spend your money better than you do, but you don't see very many people uh, paying more than they're required to to the government. No, and, and you know, the education that, that education funding is a huge, you know, is a huge problem, is a huge issue. Um, K-12 through versus uh, what they've been trying to do with setting up certain funds for higher education. And we, we've talked about that sort of thing here with, um, I can't remember if it was you or uh, somebody from Cascade Policy before, but, you know, rainy day funds for um, uh, government entities, though it is good if we had money in the bank, that always scares me because it seems like there's probably less accountability that goes along with, with those kinds of things. 
Yes, and and remember, we are in Oregon, and it always rains in Oregon. So, <laughs> so they always find a reason to spend that savings account. They don't have very much discipline in Salem yeah. uh, because there's so much pressure on them. You you if you spend a day at the Oregon State Capitol, uh, you just look at the, the the hordes of lobbyists going into legislators' offices every day, asking for something, asking for a bill, asking for money. And there are very few people who go into their offices to say, spend less, you know, keep, keep the cost of government down. Uh, those people are busy working, uh, busy in their own lives. They're not down in Salem trying to get something. But for those people um, who, are, who aren't lobbyists but who are constituents, which would be all of us listening, um, it is important that we let our voice be heard, especially on these matters that we were talking about this week with Steve of, that has legislation floating around. It's very important to talk to your state representatives and let them know what you think. How can people go about doing that? And, you know, is there an easy way to get a hold of legislators or is there certain language that you, you know, people should be using when it comes to this kind of stuff? Or is it just as well, quick as sending an email? Uh, the form letters don't work very well. You know, when a legislator gets 50 or 100 emails or letters that say exactly the same thing because some group told people to write it, you know, it's easy to dismiss. But you can go to um, the, the website for the Oregon State Legislature, which is just OregonLegislature.gov, and there's links on there to the Senate and the House. There's a link to find your own state uh, senator and House member if you don't know who they are. And they have their office phone numbers, and they have their... Uh, uh, their email and call up. You won't get. You won't be able to speak probably to the legislator him or herself, but you can speak to their staff and they keep a record of these things. Or email the legislator and just you know keep it short. Uh, just say you know please don't support any bill to steal the kicker to keep the kicker. You know that's my money. I want. I want it. If that's your issue, whatever your issue is, let your legislator know how you feel about it. Yeah, and I, I, I did do that, and it is great to get responses back um, to emails, because again, I feel like people may think that they are overloaded with um, responses on things, but more than likely, people are not <laughs> actually uh-huh. voicing, um, and a lot of the legislators do try to keep in touch with their constituents. That's right. They put out newsletters, uh, they send out, they have email lists. You can put yourself on your legislator's email list online if you want to. Uh, they have Facebook pages. Uh, you know, again, you can call, call the office on the phone. You can actually ask for a, a phone appointment or a, an appointment in their office. They generally have 15-minute appointment mm-hmm. schedules. And right now, between now and early July, most legislators don't have a lot to do because the policy committees, the ones that hear these kind of bills, generally are shut down. Uh, There are a few legislators that are working on the budgets and some final bills, but you might actually have a chance of speaking to your legislator if you make an appointment. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, call up the office and say you'd like to talk to them on something. And again, we we recommend going to CascadePolicyInstitute.org, and you can read some of the things that... The company is Cascade Policy Institute, but the website is CascadePolicy.org. You're correct. I had tabbed away from it. So <laughs> that's why you're right. Uh, if you go to CascadePolicy.org and you can see the things that um, Steve has written as well as the other uh, analysts that they have there uh, to, to learn some more about these issues and specifically how they relate economically to our state. And uh, I will give, you know, I will give a little shout out to my, my state senator, Rod Monroe, is the one that I had emailed about the kicker bill and another bill. And... Uh, uh, 
you know, I did get a response that was actually quite um, thorough in the fact that it uh, restated what the exact bill was, what it talked about, sent me a link where I could follow where the bill was at in committee. Um, And of course, since he wasn't on any of those committees, he said he didn't have an opinion yet, um, but would, you know, let me know later what (laughs) what he thought. So, so again, it it, it does work. I I didn't know that's the first time I had emailed somebody here since I haven't been in Oregon that long um, to, to reach out to my legislator and again, was able to get a response that was thorough enough that I felt, okay, at least I, I was heard. So I encourage you all to, to to go and do that. And again, go to cascadepolicy.org and find out more about this uh, kicker bill. Steve Buckstein, our guest today, and Don't Steal the Kicker is the article he wrote on June 3rd about this issue. And Steve, thanks so much for taking time to uh, join us today. And again, for all the work you do and getting information out and helping to keep uh, everyone here in Oregon informed. Thank you, Paul. Glad to do it. This has been the Pulse of Portland with Paul Van Sickle. Email comments, questions, and topic ideas to publicaffairs at kkpz.com.